When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week, we're going to tackle topics like finding ourselves after a breakup, when their healing comes at the expense of yours, and when the present is great, but the future seems bleak. Ooh, good one. Yeah. Right. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we are not licensed mental health practitioners. We're not licensed in anything, really, no, except hard knocks. Oh, my God. And... No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> I have my driver's license. OK, that's it. <laughs> and I there failed the first yeah. time. So <laughs> did you? Yeah, I, I almost failed. I it was mortifying. It, let me tell you, it was mortifying. <laughs> Because I was, <laughs> let me just get into this. Because uh -huh. I was older for my grade, like um, I was on the cusp of like could go, could be really young in one grade or really old in the other. <laughs> Does that make really? sense? Yeah, yeah, we have the same birthday, remember? So, <laughs> yeah, I just like I were you like three years ahead of me in school? This is not important. <laughs> 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 this is all to say I was one of the first people in my class to be able to go take my oh. driver's test. And I left early. I left school early for it and like waved at all my friends as I was leaving class. Like, good luck. Oh, no. <laughs> I was That's so embarrassing. It was. And then there was a there was <laughs> there was a. There was like a football game afterwards or something like that. And I went and I was like sitting in the stands with my boyfriend at the time. And my friends were like, how'd it go, Sierra? And I like didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, that's that sounds right. That's exactly how you would handle that situation. <laughs> oh, just pretend like the question didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just like I just like glanced off over their shoulder. As the <laughs> Pretending I didn't uh, see or hear them. Uh, do you remember how big and important uh, your life felt back then? Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Anyway, why did you fail? What was the thing? <laughs> I don't know why this is making me laugh so much, but um, well, uh, <laughs> let me let me let me dig back into my treasure treasure chest of shame uh yeah, yeah. i think the first time i i think i botched my parallel parking but to be oh. fair the car yeah. i was trying to parallel park next you know like we pull up next to they were like leaving <laughs> and they saw that i was like having my driver's test and they kind of like looked at the instruction 
person and was like awkward and just sort of left. But now that I think back on it, don't you think I would have a better chance of parallel parking yeah. if that car was going gone? I do think that. Yeah. I think I just, I didn't know how to parallel park. I think that's why I failed. But it's then hard. my dad <clears throat> taught me and I've been an expert parallel parker ever since. I mean, the thing is, is that like when I took my driver's test, I was like a rural kid. So right. like I never had to parallel park. Like that right. was just never a thing that I had to do. Yeah. And then when I got my drive, like when I moved to the city, I was like, oh, this is actually much easier than I think it is. But right. I needed like to practice a hundred times to yeah. be able to yeah, like yeah, yeah. do no, it no. well. You needed the panicked <laughs> pressure of 50 cars behind you in a tiny yeah. one way street and you got to get it right. That's what you really need to succeed. Like For a sure. pearl, I think when, you need a ton yeah. of pressure. <laughs> or is that a diamond? I don't know. It's a diamond. <laughs> yeah, I think when I took my driver's test, I had parallel parks like four times in my life. <laughs> like that is. Yeah. So I don't know how I did it, but I yeah. did. Yeah. That was uh, an excellent segue into this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So Listen. I'm going to skip the check-in topic for this week. I'm just going to go willy-nilly <laughs> all over the place. Okay, cool. Um, and and instead, I'm going to uh, thank some of our amazing patrons and remind our listeners mm. what our fantastic Patreon support levels are if they choose to support us. Um, so Patreon is a subscription platform for artists and creators and podcasters like us where we can put out um, exclusive content um, for listeners like you who want to support us um, and help us do what we do. So for $5 a month, you guys get know this. We say it every episode, but you get an extra bonus weekly episode every Wednesday for $10 a month. You get access to a video version of that podcast because we know folks uh, sometimes like to <laughs> watch podcasts. I think I previously described it as like a alternative <laughs> consumption <laughs> or something <laughs> y'all i've been really eloquent behind the scenes so far today it's true this yeah. is definitely not the third time that we've recorded this <laughs> and um in addition to the video um of the weekly bonus episode you get your name shouted out on this podcast and for a one-time 50 dollar um you get your question guaranteed answered by Sam and I either on a one of those bonus Patreon episodes or in a private message as decided by Sam and I. So I said it, right? That was all it? You said it all. That was, yeah. You said it all. That was yeah. great. I yeah. just wanted to run um, by that again. <laughs> um, and just to reiterate that our Patreon and our patrons, our wonderful listeners who subscribe to support us, um, for as little as $5 a month, um, it really changes the game for us. It makes all of this possible for you guys in more ways than you could ever imagine. Um, so if you like our show, if you've been listening, you know, many, I got some really amazing messages uh, a couple weeks ago from some patrons who said, you know, I've been listening to you guys for like two years and I thought the least I could do was pay you $5 a month, you know. <laughs> and I thought it was so sweet and genuine because we love that this is free for you guys to listen to, but it's obviously not free for us to make and we want to keep doing it we want to keep providing you awesome content so mm -hmm. um oh the one thing i didn't say is that like not only do you get the bonus weekly episode uh you also get the backlog of like over two years of mm -hmm. patreon episodes so you can yeah. listen to sam like and i 
talk way before COVID happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> before, right. You know, Aww. like I know. Remember that time. <laughs> I know. Um, but uh, in light of this Patreon announcement, Sam and I also want to do our due diligence and shout out some of our new $10 supporting patrons. Um, this episode was definitely brought to you guys um, in part thanks to these fantastic people. Thank you to Farah. Thank you so much to Michelle. Thank you to Holly. Thank you, James. Thank you so much, Shelby. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Naomi. And thank you to Mimi. I love the name Mimi. Such a Me great too. name. Me too. Um, I never mind. That dog's name was Molly. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was gonna say I met a dog named Mimi this week, but her name was Miss Molly. <laughs> you did not meet a dog named Mimi. Yeah. Um, yep, yep. I just love Mimi because um as a uh queer theater kid was obsessed with Rent, of course, and loved Mimi, oh one my of my God. favorite characters oh in that God. whole musical. Yeah. Take me out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Great now, song. Oh, my God. Talking about one more fucking embarrassing thing from high school before we get into some actual relationship advice. <laughs> I remember my lovely, like, theater uh, teacher, you know, or the person, the drama director or whatever. We were always like, mm-hmm. we want to do Rent. And he was like, oh, God. And I and then back then I was like, oh, you're such a loser for not liking Rent. But th- what I didn't now, what I know now in adulthood is he probably had like 15 years of like nerdy, queer, fucking drama kids being like, we want to do yep. Rent. Yep. No day but today. <laughs> and he's like, um, I'm not going to get you out on stage and do this play. No, you yeah, are yeah, 14 yeah. years old. Yes, this is yes, not exactly. happening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I had uh, less empathy back then is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and and you thought you were like way older than you actually were. Oh my were. God, I thought it was like the first person who ever knew all the words to La Vie Bohème. <laughs> no, not the first. Absolutely okay. not. I now, really wanted to do Into the Woods. Um, who did you and want to act in it? I just really wanted to do it. It was like my favorite favorite musical. I would have been, I don't know. I probably wanted to be Jack or something, even though that's like a stupid role now in retrospect. No offense to people who have played Jack. Um, this episode and is I, already I, in I my top for 10. It <laughs> for four years. And then they did it the year after I graduated. Oh, my God. Did you contemplate failing? Furious. You know, did you contemplate like? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I do have dreams all the time where I have to put on a show that I did in high school and I don't remember any of it. Oh and God. they're like, well, you know it because you already did it. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's been years since listen, I've done this play. Listen, girl, I was the lead in Susical. I was the cat in the hat. And I regularly have nightmares that I'm in that fucking one piece black <laughs> jumpsuit with a tail and a huge hat on. And I have no fucking clue what I'm about to do. <laughs> All right. Which is how I feel right now, really. <laughs> Legit. Legit. All right. Okay. Let's do this. Total chaos today. I'm loving this energy. (laughs) Good luck editing this, Spencer. Yeah. That's just because I almost mispronounced editing right there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's the the speech impediment. Yeah. It comes Um, out sometimes. Comes out at the worst times. All right, go. And it's also sometimes combined with like your New York accent too, which is really fun. And also sometimes combined by the fact that I just ate a graham cracker and my mouth is watering. So like there's just <laughs> lots of things going on in there. 
Oh, man. We're, we're a mess this episode. All right. So this letter comes from JF, whose pronouns are he and him. And JF is writing from Canada. JF writes, hello, Sam and Sierra. I only started listening to the podcast just a couple months ago, but you guys have quickly become my favorite podcast, and I listen to you guys on my daily commute to work. I am a 21-year-old male from Canada that recently got broken up with by my now ex-girlfriend, she, her, also aged 21, after about a year and a half. She was my first girlfriend and pretty felt pretty much like every first relationship, that it was going to last forever and we were soulmates and there was absolutely nothing that could break us up. It felt like that way until the day after Christmas Day, she sort of ghosted me for a couple of days and told me she just needed time to think. She told me a couple of days later that she felt like she rushed into this relationship and isn't sure what she wants in life, but is willing to try and make things work between us. This blindsided me, and these comments were really odd, as we were dating for a little over a year at that point. But I do now understand what she meant by when she said that she felt like she rushed into this relationship. Two months prior to us first talking and hanging out, she broke up with her very longtime boyfriend of five years. Remember how long it took her to move on from her ex-ex-boyfriend? Two months. Flash forward to April of this year, right before my week of exams, she breaks up with me over the phone and tells me that she just needs time to herself to figure out what she wants in life and is just genuinely lost. Mm -hmm. The breakup was a surprise to me. I thought everything was now fine after that initial scare in December. Now, here we, here we are, just over two months of breaking up. She posted on Facebook that she went on a trip with another guy to a golf course we were planning on going to this summer. This same guy was somebody who she became friends with during the last couple of months of our relationship through her cousin. I was originally worried that she was sort of entertaining him and going to leave me for him. Even after her saying that wasn't going to be the case, she did it anyway. I made the decision today to unfollow her on every form of social media, from Facebook to the Fitbook. Fitbit app. Everything. I broke our no contact quickly after that and texted her to let her know that I had made the decision that me and her cannot be friends and I had to unfollow her on everything for my healing. I also mentioned how she can pay me back for her family's trip to Jamaica that got postponed due to the pandemic. Her mom very quickly after that messaged me to say that she will send me the money this week. My ex did not respond, which I'm very happy she didn't, but at the same time, I wanted her to. Throughout the whole breakup, she kept reiterating the need of her to be by herself and that there was no one else, which is what really bothers me because clearly there was. My family and friends have been so supportive during this breakup, but I feel like every day is just a game of Russian roulette on how I feel about her and life in general. One day I hate her and I'm ready to find the man I was and lost during this relationship. But then the next day I am crying in my bed, missing her like crazy and would do anything to have her back. When she broke up with me, she wasn't even willing to try and work through it and would rather throw everything we work towards just to clearly be with another guy when she obviously lied that, that, that it wasn't about another guy. I treated her so well and did everything correct, and I'm stuck here wondering what I did wrong. How can someone move on to someone new so quickly? Was it just lust and not actually love? How do you know what is best for us without even talking to me about what you're thinking? I have so many questions to ask her, but I'm struggling with the fact that I'll never get the answers and her and I will just be strangers once again. My questions for you two are how do people move on so quickly and just bounce from relationship to relationship? Like, how do you even know you like someone's presence that quickly? LOL. My second question is how do I even begin my journey to start to find myself? Do I use the money I get, I get back to go on a solo trip somewhere in hopes it opens my eyes? I am just a lost soul looking for any input on the situation. Thank you so much for reading. And if this never makes it to the podcast, it just feels great to be able to write my situation to someone, even though it's for the third time. Whoops. 
Love you guys very much. JF. Oh, JF, thank you so much for writing. We're so sorry your heart is hurting like this. There's a lot to unpack in this letter, and but I think I just want to start with um, the core of it, which I think is you, you know, your heart is broken. This person has, you know, you invested your time and energy and body and heart into this person, and then they chose to break up with you, and now they've moved on, and that can feel really at odds with your understanding of, like, love of of your relationship of your understanding of healing you know mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. that like i said before what what is at the core of this question i think is you're looking for this to make sense you're looking for mm-hmm. this breakup to make sense um according to your laws of love and nature and reality and the frustrating disappointing most honest thing i can say to you is that it's not going to make sense. There's no secret code that you're missing that is going to make this heartbreak make more sense in your life. Your mm. ex decided to break up with you because unfortunately she knows what is best for her, whether it is truly her best or not in that moment, she chose that. And that wasn't your best. That's not what you wanted. And so those two things are going to be constantly at odds And instead of looking for something for those two um, dissonating, is that a word? (laughs) Probably Dissonant? Dissonant things to make sense, (laughs) to harmonize, right? Instead of looking for that, I want you to say to yourself, she broke up with me for reasons that I didn't feel, that I can't understand, but I'm not meant to understand it. I'm not Mm -hmm. meant to understand it, even though it hurts so much. You're seeking for you're seeking for something that isn't there, so the pain is going to be perpetuated until you recognize it's not going to make sense. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think remembering that those two realities can exist at the same time is is important and also super challenging. I think that there's like an impulse that we have at the end of relationships to want to like lobby to say like we're all on the same page, right? Like. We're all we all experience this the same way. Right. Um, Question mark. (laughs) Right. And the fact that her experience of the relationship is different from yours does not mean that your experience wasn't real. Doesn't mean that your experience wasn't valid. Um, It just means that you had different experiences of the relationship. And I'll also say, too, that um, I have used the line of. I need some time to find myself when I'm breaking up with someone because I'm going to go date someone else. (laughs) So like. Exactly. Because this is what I didn't want to say, what I don't want to say, like as a human being about other humans and myself. But unfortunately, people say what they need to say during a breakup. And I don't mean Mm. that to villainize your ex. I don't mean that to villainize anyone, really. But like we've all been in those difficult situations when we don't want to hurt somebody and we we don't know how to be clear about it. And, you know, we've just all been that person, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people mm-hmm. say what they need to say. And it sounds like in that moment, maybe she did believe that she needed alone time, but maybe she believed that in the previous two breakups. Like people are right. complicated. People are nuanced and and people are unreliable. And I don't mean that in like, you can't rely on people. I just mean Mm -hmm. people are inherently inconsistent. We, 
We yeah. are all functioning under different laws of reality, different morals, different values, different literally lenses through which we see the world and, and process it. And we cannot expect it. Well, let's just say this, JF, there will be a lot more heartache in your life if you continue to expect people to exist along the same rules of the world as you. And I don't mean that to mm. sound really harsh. I'm sorry if it's coming off that way. In fact, I feel I feel for you so much. I feel kindred with you um, because a lot of my heartbreak, a lot of my time in heartbreak was looking for it to make sense, you know, because mm. it was like, how can this person like that person and also like me, or how could they break up with me and then move on so quickly? Like I just wanted, I wanted it to make sense, but there are no rules mm-hmm. of existing that will make this make sense. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't have to make sense for it to be true. Mm, uh, like it doesn't, so it can, it can be a jumbled mess of contradicting things and also true at the same time. Um, and so, you know, I think about as you're thinking about, you know, how is it possible that this person like rebounded so quickly and is now dating this other person? It's also important to remember, too, that different people move in and out of relationship in different at different paces. Right. For you, it seems like it takes you a while to get to know someone and to know if you like them and and you hold them in your heart for a while after the relationship is over. Um, and some people just are really good at comp- compartmentalizing and are like, this relationship's done. And so now I'm moving on to the next thing. Right. And there are probably pros and cons to both of those approaches, things that work well and things that don't. Um, but she doesn't have to grieve the relationship on the same timeline as you to make your grief valid. Right. right. She's not further ahead than you. She's not. um you're not hung up in ways that you shouldn't be, right? Yeah. You're just on different paces and you're going you're on you're not even going different paces. You are just on different paths, right? Yes, you are just totally. completely separate from each other. Yeah. And her, the way that she's handling the relationship has even though it feels like it, right? Even though it feels like it has a lot to do with how you're grieving the relationship, in reality it has nothing to do with it. It is a right. completely separate process. Yes, and not only that, it doesn't invalidate that the genuine love you had, like your pain is telling mm. you to question, well, it was it just lust that got us together or is it lust that made her move on? Um, was, you know, was our love real? That's your pain speaking, but underneath mm-hmm. your pain was a real relationship and it was real until it wasn't anymore. And there's no amount of soul searching that will make that more palatable in a different way. You know, you just have to say she loved me once and now she doesn't like that. That is the Mm. truth of it. Don't deny her or you the love that she had for you once, but also recognize just some people are not meant for me. And I know this is painful and we're kind of just, we're going to the like jugular of your pain, but that's because (laughs) we see there's this, there's, there's this cycle that we get into when, when we're heartbroken Um, where we actually extend that pain and prevent our healing by looking for these answers that just aren't there. She did love you once and she doesn't anymore. And that's so painful, but there's at least truth and clarity in it versus, well, was it ever real love? You know, did she ever love me? Well, there's, there's no clarity there. (laughs) There's only Mm -hmm. suffering, you know? And I think, your question of of how do you get over this too 
is a really good one to be asking yes. yourself. Um, and I think I want to push back and say that you are still the person that you were before this relationship, even if it feels like that person isn't necessarily connected or you're not feeling super connected to him. But you are still that that person. It is still in you. She did not take anything away from you. You are still yes. beautiful and whole and who you are, um, maybe with a different set of experiences and a different set of realizations about yourself and others. Um, and so I think I love the idea of you finding your way back to your understanding of yourself. And I think, um, I think doing what she said she was going to do and really taking some time to know what you want and what, what you are working towards and what your future, what you want your future to look like is a great thing to be doing. Um, and I'll say too, that there's no right or wrong way to grieve this relationship or to do that process of, of figuring out what you want. So you can take a trip or you can stay at home and wallow and eat Oreos in your bed, or you can um, find someone new to, to start dating or get back on those dating apps or whatever it is, right? Like the process that you're going to go through is what you need to do in order to, to find a way through this relationship. And I know it might feel insurmountable right now because that is how heartbreak feels uh, when we're in it. But as folks on the outside, we want to let you know that this will end. This will pass. You will get to a point where you're not thinking about this so much, where you're not feeling this sorrow and anger and hatred all the time. Uh, those emotions will dull as time goes on. And as you continue to give yourself the permission to trust your own experiences and to do what you need to do to take care of yourself. So just want to say that that yes, this is hard and it feels like just an endless slog. Um, but but we just want to remind you that it does have an end. That that you yes. are working towards something which is yes. feeling more authentically yourself, spending less time sort of thinking about and being hung up on this person. And that is that will happen for you. I yes. promise. And I want to rephrase it just a little too. I know the reasoning behind we, behind why we say things like I have lost myself or I need to get back to myself or whatnot. Um, you know, I have said that myself at different points mm -hmm. in my life, but I want to rephrase it just for inspiration's sake and say, I don't think you've lost yourself. You haven't lost yourself. You have just had a profoundly painful human experience that has mm -hmm. altered your understanding of reality, right? And has made you question whether or not you can trust your reality. But I want to remind you that you always have yourself, that you that nothing was taken from you. You just had this human experience that made you feel pain, that made you feel um that made you question your worthiness or um, your love and your relationship. Um, but you have yourself and Sam's right. It doesn't matter how you heal to quote, find yourself again, or as I'm going to say, it doesn't matter how you strengthen that relationship with yourself, yourself that mm. never went anywhere, right? Yourself that did everything right, where you put yourself out there vulnerably for a relationship and, what happens in relationships? We either stay together or we break up. And it took that one painful path, but you still have yourself. Um, and it's a great time to recommit to that relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll say too, that we can do everything right in a relationship and it can still end. Yes. So there, 
this searching that you're doing for the thing, the one thing you did wrong that you could have done differently to change it um, isn't a fruitful pursuit for you um, because you're never going to find it. There are, we can, like I said, we are always trying our best, always at the same time. And we can, we can do all of the things that we are supposed to do. And the relationship for whatever reason is just not going to work. And that's a painful reality to, to accept and it's a liberating one, right? right? It is also liberating to know that you don't have to pour every ounce of your being into trying to control all the variables in order to get the right outcome, right? right? We have no control, which is terrifying and also very freeing because it right. means that we don't have to hold ourselves to these impossible standards of perfection. All we can do is try our best in any given moment. And that is exactly what you did in this relationship. And I'm it's painful and I'm so sorry that it didn't work out and there is nothing you could have done better or more correctly in order to keep this relationship whole. Um, And I want you to, I want you to listen to that and not say that's horrible and awful. I want you to listen to that and say, that is a freeing thing to know that I I don't have to be, I don't have to continue to hold myself accountable or to punish myself over and over again for, this thing that I did wrong, because you did nothing wrong in this relationship. It just didn't work. Right. I love that. All right, my darling JF, we <clears> hope <throat> that this helps. Thank you so much for writing. We love you. Y'all, as a self-employed person, as a mom of a toddler, I am always struggling with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money and it does all of that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, you have full control over your subscriptions and a clear view of your expenses. You can see all your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, Rocket Money can help cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month so I can clearly see my spending habits and check myself if needed. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even help try to negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you, which I obviously love as a somewhat introverted, conflict-avoidant person. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Rocket Money has over 5 million subscribers and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Quince has things like 
premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. This past month, I treated myself to a pair of new slippers because I'm in that hashtag mom life era of my life um, in which... (laughs) Um, I am never not in slippers, and these are 100% Australian shearling-lined clog slippers, and I love that they're slip-on, but they have those durable rubber outsoles. They're super cushy, super comfortable, but I feel like I can run outside to, like, take the trash out in them while also, like, staying warm and active in the house. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right. This next letter is coming to us from Recovering Liar, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing to us from The Void. Dear Sam and Sierra, earlier this year, I started casually dating someone, he, him. From the beginning, it was clear that we didn't really click. We had great sex and could have a fun time together. But there always seemed to be some sort of wall that kept us from communicating openly and truly developing intimacy, platonic or otherwise. As time went on, he would consistently act cold, cancel multiple plans in a row, and invite me to group activities and then not respond when I would text him asking him where he was or if the plan was still happening. I started to just assume he didn't care or didn't respect me, and so I emotionally checked out of the relationship. From the beginning, we openly discussed sleeping with other people, and I expressed that if it happened, I would just want to know for the sake of my own sexual health. As we continued seeing each other and things between us became more strained, I started keeping my sexual activities with other people from him. Looking back on it, I can see that I was attempting to maintain some control in the situation, although I couldn't articulate it at the time. I even directly lied to him when he would ask me if I, what I had done that night before. When he did eventually call me out on having a threesome with a couple I was dating, his initial response was to high-five me and to say, that's awesome. A few weeks later, though, he expressed that the event had caused him to lose trust in me and that breaking up was probably the best option. I understood this and agreed with him. I wasn't sure why I just couldn't bring myself to tell him the truth and that I needed to do some work on myself. But I also knew that ultimately I didn't want to be with him and I was somewhat grateful for the breakup. Over the next week, he continued reaching out to me almost every day. I was cordial and friendly with him and even drunkenly admitted that I also missed him. During this time, though, I also went on a date and slept with someone. Unknown to me, the person I slept with had been at partying with my ex and getting to know him, knowing he was my ex. My ex and I met up for drinks in an attempt to talk through things and get, quote, closure, but of course ended up sleeping together. During those drinks, he brought up the woman that I had slept with, telling me that he had met her through a friend. I told him that I had gone on a date with her, but withheld the fact that we slept together because it made me feel pretty uncomfortable that she was knowingly budding up with him and I just wasn't ready to talk about it with anyone. Through a third party, he later found out that she and I had slept together and it was the final nail in the coffin of our relationship. 
Since then, he is texting me almost every day. Half of the time, they are friendly. I hope you're doing well, text. And the other half of the time, they are messages detailing how badly I've hurt him and how much pain he's in, saying things like, I've been crying all day and I'm not doing well. He also consistently blocks and unblocks my Instagram so that he can watch my stories. And he will text me things about the things I post in my stories. I know that what I did was hurtful. Though we were not monogamous, I disrespected the boundaries of our arrangements. And instead of being honest with him about being unsatisfied with our connection, I lied to him. However, I also know that I'm deeply uncomfortable with this continued communication. Part of me feels like I owe it to him, but part of me also feels like I need to set a boundary. Years ago, I handled a breakup in the same way as currently handling one. I would constantly check that ex's social media, send them messages detailing my heartbreak, etc., I remember the headspace that I was in and how badly I just wanted them to explain how they could possibly break my heart so casually. That ex blocked me on everything and looking back, I understand that decision so clearly. My current ex has routinely said things to me like, you have gotten out of this so unscathed and quote, it's obviously you don't care about me. And those things are not true. I've already expressed to him in the past that I do genuinely care about him and I'm deeply sorry for the hurt that I've caused him. But it seems like he wants something from me that I just can't provide. I know deeply mm. that my actions were a result of my own insecurities and inabilities to, to own up to those scary feelings. But I know there's nothing I could say that would convince him of that. And continuing to communicate th- with him seems unhealthy for both parties. So what do I do? How do I navigate being the one who caused someone harm while also feeling the need to set boundaries after the fact? I want to give him the space to feel whatever he's feeling right now. And I don't expect, nor am I seeking his forgiveness. But does that mean I still have to allow him access to me during this process? I'm also beginning the process of diving into why I have such a hard time being honest with my partners and continually being expected to apologize to someone again and again for something I don't really even fully understand yet doesn't seem productive for either of us. Help. Thank you so much for writing Recovering Liar. Uh, yeah, so thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. And I think um, one of the things that struck uh, both of us when we were reading through this letter is just how challenging it is, it can be, to be the one to be like, yeah, I know that I fucked up. And this person is asking a lot of me that isn't necessarily helping either of us. Right, right. And I think... You know, I have been in a a situation, a similar situation where I fucked up in a relationship and it ended in a breakup. And then the person continued to sort of bombard me with a lot of like, I miss you so much messages combined with you're such an asshole and I'm doing these self-destructive things and it's all your fault. Um, And really sort of being in this place of like, I don't know what this person needs from me. (laughs) Like, right. Do they do they want me to to say I want to be back with you? Do they want me to continue to apologize? Do they want me to like take accountability for their stuff that they're going through? Like what is the thing that I'm meant to provide? And it it's hard because the reality is is that like you're you can't provide anything that's going to help them, right? There is no thing that you can give them because you can't undo the harm that has been caused. And right. so you have done you have done the the important things of seeing their hurt and recognizing it, apologizing for the way that you showed up in the relationship. And that's for me at least, that's the end of the list of things that you are responsible for in this breakup now. Right. Like because we're not it. responsible you, for 
mm-hmm. healing other people's hurt. And he is asking you for something that is impossible for you to give, which is to go back in time and not do the things that you did or to yes. go back in time and fix the relationship so that it'll be restored to what it was, which honestly doesn't sound like a super great relationship to begin with, but that's neither here nor there. No, it's um, there. It's there <laughs> in the past. <laughs> so that's that's something that I had to realize is that like, wow, this person is putting a lot of blame on me for their own self-destructive behaviors. And yeah. there's still at the same time, nothing that I can do to stop those self-destructive behaviors. Like I can't do anything about it. And so I can apologize and and tell them that I'm concerned about them or whatever it is. But like, I have no control over how they respond to this breakup. Yes. And it sucks, especially for folks who are sort of people pleasing and don't want to make other people uncomfortable or upset or sad. Um, And that's just the reality of it, right? You're giving him all this access to you in a way that allows him to not do the work that he needs to do around how, yeah, around how he needs, how he needs as a individual to, to move on from this heartbreak and to move on from this hurt. Yes, totally. Um, And I do want to say, like, it's funny that you use the name Recovering Liar in your letter, because when I read it, you know, the name and then started reading the letter, I thought it was going to be a lot indicative of a lot of a bigger, more salacious thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not saying that you didn't overstep a boundary in this relationship. You did. You say so yourself. We've all done something like this. Um, and I, I guess I'm, I just want to make two points. Number one, your, the title that you have given yourself and the repentance that you are writing in this letter, um, seem really harsh. Not that we, that us people pleasers don't have to rectify and deal with our people pleasing behaviors that often lead to manipulative things like lying or admitting the truth. Like we need to deal mm-hmm. with that. But um, I think something that would help you in this healing process is I don't forgiving yourself, not mm. thinking of yourself as like a terrible piece of shit liar that deserves to be texted every day by an ex that you have explicitly said you don't have interest being with, right? That you've mm-hmm. explicitly apologized to already. Wh- how would this situation look if you if you loved and respected yourself enough to say like, I know I have this problem. I know I hurt this person. I've apologized. I'm taking steps to analyze this within myself, but I deserve respect. I deserve space and I deserve peace to, to go on that self-reflection journey. Um, mm-hmm. This is a beyond perfect opportunity for, in my perspective, for a black, black, black situation, because this person should not be able to text you every day because not only is it keeping you in this weird, weird middle ground where you're trying to repent for something that is unrepentable, right? You've apologized. Mm-hmm. You've done it, right? You've broken up. Mm-hmm. You're not together. But it's also mm-hmm. keeping your ex in this waiting in this waiting room in which they're not accessing any healing either. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about this whole situation is that you're both being held in this place that's preventing your healing. 
uh, because you both need to move on from this relationship and you need to right. do that by literally moving on from the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And this, um, again, it's one of those things where it's like, we haven't always had this level of access to each other. And it it is abnormal for us to be able to block and unblock people and watch all of their stories and know exactly where they are at any given moment and be able to see them over and over again on a regular basis, right? And know where they're at and the things that they're doing. Like, it is not healthy for us to be able to yeah. do those things. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily allow us to heal because it's a constant reminder of the things that's causing us, us harm. And so I think that it is good for both of you to to do this blocking thing. And even if it wasn't good for him, I think that it's appropriate for you and helpful for you to do this block so that you can find a way to hold yourself accountable for the things that you've done and the things you want to change without constantly being dragged back into this sort of like list of all of the things that you've ever done wrong, right? Yeah. That's not sitting in those lists of all the things that we've ever done wrong is an important thing for us to do as we try and hold ourselves accountable for the mistakes that we've made or the ways in which we have hurt people but it's, that's not where healing is, right? That's not where we learn how to do things or try and do things differently. We need to move to the next step, which is sort of like, okay, I did those things and I am sorry for them and I'm going to change my behavior in these ways and I'm going to I'm gonna learn and move and, and move in a, the direction that is ahead of me. Yes. Not sit in this like constant sort of, I Purgatory. don't know, self-flagellation, right? Where mm -hmm. it's just like continual punishment over and over and over again. Punishment, continued punishment is not a powerful motivator. It doesn't, no. it doesn't encourage people to change. It encourages people to be defensive and to sit in the, the, the bad things that have happened as opposed to finding ways to move on and, and move beyond the mistakes in the past that we have made or that others have made to us. Yes. Uh, I want to say three things before I forget them. One, um, Sam and I, this is out of the blue, but I just remembered a great point that you and I said before we press record, which is, you know, you think you think of yourself as this bad liar. But just to clarify, just because someone is your ex doesn't need, mean you need to disclose who you've slept with that mm -hmm. withholding of that per of that woman that you slept with was to me not a problem, not a problem <laughs> was probably uh -huh. just. A boundary, as Sam said before we press record. So I took that line mm -hmm. from him. <laughs> sure. Um, so forgive yourself for that. That is totally appropriate because it's none of his business in that context. Number two, Sam talked about accountability, like creating space so that you can have accountability. That accountability doesn't mean punishment. It doesn't mean mm -hmm. continuing this narrative that you're a bad person. Accountability means examining why do I have these behaviors that make me either fawn or flee or lie? You know what I mean? Why do I have yeah. these behaviors that want to avoid defending myself to other people? Which brings me mm -hmm. to my third point, which is a revelation that I had just sitting here listening to Sam talk, which is the the motion, the act of withholding the your sexual activities from your partner before I'm assuming to avoid conflict or to maintain some privacy or control or something like that is a cousin 
of the of the action that you're doing right now, the motion of you just receiving all of these texts, right? You're just letting mm-hmm. that happen. And and to me, I see that maybe this is because of my own history, but I see them both as unhealthy manifestations of people pleasing. You mm. instead of defend instead of instead of being confident and comfortable in who you are and being feeling secure enough to receive someone's conflict and then say, no, thank you. This is not for me. You withhold Mm -hmm. information, right. To avoid that conflict. And we know that that is not the healthiest way to live in your truth or whatever. And similarly that people pleasing comes out when you're letting this X unload on you daily. Right. Mm. That is, they're they're related. So there's this there's this deep people pleaser in you that is getting you into all the troubles. So when we say accountability, I don't mean punish yourself and call yourself a liar, right? I mean, what is it about you and I, dear letter writer, that makes us so afraid of disappointing other people with our own truth? Hmm. Yeah. No, I'm just going to let that one sit for a minute because that's I think that's a big one. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think I I was confused for a really long time when I was younger. I thought I was a to the core bad person because I did these manipulative things like lying or admitting truth or or staying in a relationship I didn't want to be in. Right. And then acting mm-hmm. out. Um, and it's you know, we like to label those behaviors as good and bad. And I did plenty of time doing that. <laughs> and I'm just not mm-hmm. going to do that anymore. I don't think that all behaviors are rooted back to goodness and badness. Um, I think behaviors are rooted back to wounds, you know, mm-hmm. that they all come mm-hmm. back to a wound. And all of our actions are either trying to protect ourselves, trying to hide from something, trying to ignore something, trying to, you know, it's all yep. responding to a wound somewhere. For sure. So recovering liar, you don't deserve the punishment that you are inflicting on yourself and that you're allowing to be inflicted on you. I think that you are really thinking about the ways in which you can hold yourself accountable to to being more honest or to establishing boundaries that protect your need to not be super honest, right? Because both of those are fine. Um, and And so I appreciate that you're doing that work. But I think that what you need to do in the situation is to not let this person have access to you anymore. And and it is blocking feels like a taking away, but it is not meant to be that A, a, a block is about establishing a boundary that that denies people access to you that they don't deserve or that they're not entitled to. Right. It's okay for us to put up a boundary and say, you don't get to come at me all the time with these punishments. This isn't a you're a bad person. This is just a I need to protect my heart in this situation. Yes, exactly. Uh, thank you so much for writing. We hope that this helps. We love you. All right, everyone. Our last letter comes from Limbo, whose pronouns <laughs> are he, it? him. Yeah. Uh-huh. And who is writing from Uncertain Town, USA. Hi, Sam and Sierra. I'll save time and simply echo all the positive comments everyone always says at the start of their question. I agree with them. <laughs> Love it. Anyway, I am in a great relationship. My girlfriend, 28, and I, 30, have been together for close to two years now. We both love each other. My family and friends absolutely love her, and hers seem to be all right with me, too. Our relationship has not been without conflict or ups and downs, but we always seem to come out of it stronger anytime we deal with conflict. 
We work through problems well, and we have both grown a lot in the time we've been together. So things are pretty excellent in the short and midterm. The problem is the long term. It seems like our relationship cannot work long term because we want different things out of life, which I'll explain in a second. We have finally acknowledged this out loud after being separately and Mm. silently concerned about it for a while. Not that we've ruled it out, but it seems more likely that than not that we can't stay together forever. We have the classic problem. I want kids. She is ambivalent about having kids, but leans towards not wanting them. Even if she does have kids, she probably won't know for sure until much later in life and wouldn't want to have them for a long time. It's not that I want kids right now, but probably within the next two, three, four years at least. I would also never want to get married to someone without being on the same page about this, whereas she thinks she won't know for sure about kids until the time comes. Meaning she is expecting to someday get married while still being agnostic about kids. We are both pretty confident and set in our stances. There's some other differences too. She is extremely religious and I am not like at all. She is at a job that she likes, but doesn't want to stay here forever. She wants to move cities eventually. I love my job and probably don't want to leave anytime soon. We are from way different parts of the country. So it would be hard to ever agree on where and when to move if that time ever came up. Even if we did have kids, I suspect we would want to have very different parenting styles as she would want religious religion to play a major part, whereas I don't believe in forcing religion onto anyone. It's crazy because we have so many other similarities that make our relationship work. Our values in terms of like politics are as close as I could reasonably hope for because we are both pretty radical. We complement each other well in social settings. She's the life of the party and helps break me out of my introverted shell. This relationship has easily been the best thing that's ever happened to me, at least besides therapy. (laughs) I was in such a bad place in my early to mid-20s, and now I'm in a great place. It is so weird to be in a relationship that is great in the present, but seems to have little prospect in the future. What are we supposed to do now? She is perfectly content to just keep dating as is with no set expiration date. But I'm older, and I'm the one who wants kids, so I feel like I'm the one who's on more of a timeline. Should I hashtag just break up? It seems like the smart thing to do or the wise and prudent thing. Like if I was trying to be objective and took my feelings out of it, maybe it would be the right decision. If Mm -hmm. I truly believed in abundance, which I try to, but it's hard. Maybe I would break up with her and be confident that I would meet someone else who shares my goals. Or maybe I shouldn't give up on such a good thing so easily. Maybe we should stay together for six months, a year, two years. What is the rush to break up? Maybe one of us will change our minds eventually, but I don't think so. I really don't know what to do, you guys. This isn't some conflict or dynamic issue. It's like we hit on nine out of 10 things that matter, but missed on Mm. this one big one. So is that it? Like we had a good run? It seems like there is nothing we can do to save this relationship long term. But even if we acknowledge that we can't and don't need to save it long term, is it worth keeping it in the mid and short term? And if so, how? We can't just ignore the future and not talk about it and be happy, knowing it will have to end someday. Or we could just rip off the mandate now and go our separate ways. It doesn't seem like there is a right decision. I really don't want to be single again, and the idea of going back to dating apps is repulsive to me. No (laughs) offense to single people. But I also don't want to be writing this exact question one year from now, two years from now, etc., How will I ever know when the right time is to end the relationship? I wish there was a way for us to stay together forever, but neither of us can see how without one of us making a sacrifice that we shouldn't have to make. This sucks. Please help. Thanks. Oh, Limbo, we love you. Um, I do want to say that before we press record, I jokingly said 
that I hate this letter. <laughs> she did. She did say she hated uh, it. <laughs> because, and let me tell you, I love, I love this letter and I love all of your, the points that you made and the questions that you asked and your cute little asides. But I hate this letter because this question is so, so difficult. And I hate thinking that there are hearts out there that have to weigh something like this. Um, Cause you're right. There's not a right decision. And yeah. there's only more suffering if we try to find a right one versus a wrong one. Um, mm. I mean, it's just, this is, you have described your relationship and your happiness and your desire to not break up so perfectly that I, I see this. I see this relationship in front of me. It's not only functioning, it's happy, it's thriving, but there's this imminent danger, this, or I should say imminent uncertainty that's really, you know, really the true manifestation of anxiety because anxiety takes us from the present. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think what is so challenging about this question is that like, like Sierra said, there's no right answer. Um, and it feels so at odds, I think, with the narrative that we tell ourselves about relationships, like the idea of, oh, we could break up because we're on, we have misaligned long-term goals. Yeah. feels so antithetical to the, the story we've been told about relationships, which is that love conquers all, right? Yeah. If you two are happy in this relationship, it'll all work out in the future. Like, don't worry about it. Um, like just keep loving each other and it'll work itself out, which is honestly hard to believe these days. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's just, I think, I think that there is a way that this could play out where you two stick with this because you're happy in the present moment and you take things as they come. And, you know, there might, you might wake up in 10 years and be like, wow, you know, I don't know that I ever made the official decision not to have children but we're not having children so that's that's that right. that is one way to be in relationship another way to be in relationship is to say our long-term goals are misaligned even though we're really good for each other and that means that we need to end it because i need to be with someone who's going to support my long-term goals as well and that's what's tricky about it is like relationships are all look different and p different people handle them in different ways and so both of those things could be what this future holds. Um, yeah. And it sounds to me like from your letter that this this is a, a breaking point for you, right? I love the line where you said, I don't want to write this letter again in one year yes. or two years, right? And that's the thing is that it seems like you know that this is going to be a sticking point for you and that you're not going to be able to change your mind about it. Yeah. And so knowing that, it is okay to end a perfectly good relationship because of a misalignment of, of long-term goals. Like it is okay for us to do that. It feels contrary to the narrative, but it's a totally justified reason to say this isn't going to work out because I know that this is something that I want for my life. And I want to be in partnership with someone who's going to work on that goal with me. Yeah. It's hard, man though. <laughs> like even, even you saying that I'm like, I know that's true. But another reason why I think this is so difficult is we've also been taught like a not necessarily 
true or applicable um, definition of compromise in this situation. Oftentimes mm -hmm. we think that compromise is like meeting in the middle. And when there's situations like this in which the middle ground is is a nowhere zone. <laughs> you know, the middle yeah, ground is... It's either like you have kids or you don't have kids. Like there's no right, in between. Right. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> I'll, I'll push on that a little because I was thinking about this earlier and like there are alternative, you know, you could... Middle grounds in terms of like maybe, maybe your partner doesn't um, want to have a newborn. Maybe they don't want to carry a child. Maybe they want to foster. You know, like there... I, I Just because like I'm trying to remind myself that there are so many different ways to have... Um, children in your life, not even a family or whatever, mm -hmm. but there are so many different ways to have a family. But you're right, though. In essence, it's like a compromise isn't like half a baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> right, um, yes. It's either, like a half-time baby. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, if How about this? It feels like there is no compromise because one person will irreversibly lose a part of who they think they are. You know what I mean? Mm. What the vision mm -hmm. they had for their life. Um, and that is so painful, even just to say out loud, <laughs> even just to like mm -hmm. articulate, like I'm hurting saying that out loud. Um, I do want to push back on my own pain, though, and say, I think that's how we process this situation. But it is only that painful because we are looking for our understanding of compromise. Compromise mm -hmm. doesn't mean you're, you know, like a middle ground or it doesn't necessarily mean that you one party loses all of themselves and the other party wins. Like, I do right. wonder. Um, I mean, Sam, Sam's right. Ultimately, this is an OK reason to break up, especially if you feel in your heart that you don't that you know what you want and you don't want to have this conversation in a year, two years. Um. At the core of this letter, though, you just need to dig really deep now, not later, not in a couple of weeks, now, because mm -hmm. it is, you know, the now is important to find out what you and your partner, and you're going to have to ask your partner to be as explicit as they can to find out if your yes, I want kids really means yes, I want my own children or yes, I want to adopt or yes, I want, you know, what does your yes mean? And find out what their ambivalent maybe no means. Does no mean not now and and does not now mean never? Like, I think that unfortunately, like, you just have to workshop this. <laughs> like, you just mm -hmm. have to, like, get into the nitty gritty um, and, and, and be as explicit as you can to see what does your relationship vision look like? What does your partners look like? And is there mm -hmm. a way to put them together? Um, and if not, then, then I, I have this feeling like if you spend time like with your sleeves rolled up in the, the muck of this with your partner and your partner meets you there, the answer will be clear. The, the quote right answer will appear, even though it might be painful or it might be complicated. I feel like it's, it's you're never going to feel good about this, but if you sit in this in this conversation with your partner for long enough um, and honestly and explicitly enough from both parties, I think it will reveal itself to you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think 
I think that this is something that you can have a conversation with your partner about recognizing that it's not you versus your partner in this, but you and your partner versus this seeming incompatibility, right? Mm -hmm. So what are the conversations that you can say to say, listen, I know we talked about this. I having children is a goal of mine. It is what I want from a relationship. So how, how can we as a partnership get to a place where that feels like it's something that we can either say is going to happen or not going to happen. Yeah. And, and I think you can also make it really clear that your boundary is that like, I'm not going to commit and get married to someone who doesn't want to have children at some point. Like it's just not in my nature. And I know it feels like it can feel like we're imposing our own desires on people and it can feel like we're being too pushy with our own agenda. But that's not what you're doing. You're not forcing this person to have children. You're not holding them down and saying, we're going to we're going to make this happen. You are just saying that this is how you want your life to go and they right. can join you in that or they cannot join you in that. And either of those options is available to them. Right. right. And so it is. You're not a bad person for wanting these things. You're not a bad person for having expectations of your partner to want similar things to you. Like that is just the reality. And you are not and they're not a bad person for not wanting those things. They're not a bad person for deciding that they want to just get married and they'll figure out the kids things later. Like that's like neither of you is the villain in this story. Right. You are just coming up against something that is an incompatibility of your future desires And you can either say to each other, let's figure out how to make this work. Let's come together and and say, like, is this a hard and fast thing? What are some of the what are some of the visions that we could have if we don't have kids? Could we do exactly what Sierra talked about of like mentorship programs or other types of programs like host home programs, like something that might give you some of the 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 trappings of of being a parent and, and being that caregiver or is it like it's kids or no kids and that's that's yeah. okay. But these are the types of conversations that we need to have in relationships so that exactly what you said of like not writing this letter a year down the line or two years down the line and having these same issues weighing us down. Yeah, um, totally. And it sucks. Like you're absolutely right <laughs> in totally your letter sucks. when you just said this sucks. It 100% sucks that, that 100% we can love sucks. people so deeply and have such significant incompatibilities like oh yes That's i the wish that love could <laughs> right i wish that our love could only be reserved for people with whom we are 100 percent compatible it would just <laughs> make life like nice? so much easier yeah <laughs> but um, that's not it, how humanity works we're, right, we're just and not it doesn't wired matter in that how way. good your day-to-day is it doesn't matter mm-hmm. how hard you work to resolve this you know at we have to accept all of us have to accept that there may not there may be a core incompatibility um with somebody we love that that doesn't translate into building a life with them and i also want to say like i i know a couple couples who kind of like went into marriage not knowing their kid plan and then like worked through it and you know, one went one direction and one went the other. And 
I, I don't add, I don't say this to confuse you, like Sam has already been perfectly articulate <laughs> to give you all of our advice, essentially. Um, but like, maybe I say this for your partner and for you, there can be, there can be great, you can move forward with gray area. You just have to decide what are your boundaries within that gray area? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you have to mm -hmm. decide what are your hard and fast things? I definitely want kids. Well, maybe that's not it. It's that I want to have the option of having kids, you know? Okay. So that's different, you know, blah, 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 blah. So mm -hmm. I, I don't, I say that just to say, we're not dooming your relationship. And another thing, it's not doomed. This is a beautiful, painful relationship. That's having one of those terrible human compatibility things <laughs> mm -hmm. just said like yeah. 30 words in that one sentence <laughs> um <laughs> but i i your relationship isn't an automatic breakup to me it's a wow mm -hmm. this is really hard and really complicated and you're not out of the woods yet you gotta like roll yeah. up your sleeves and stay there for a little bit longer mm -hmm. absolutely um yeah absolutely and it just sucks. <laughs> it just sucks. It just, it really sucks. Sorry, um, our advice is, is, it just sucks. You're right. <laughs> honestly. Um, and that you're doing the right things. Like you are, you're asking yourself the right questions. And I think this is really just a, you have to have a sort of come to Jesus moment of like, is this a root incompatibility or is it not? And, and recognize that like for you know, maybe they aren't understanding that like this is a, a hard and fast thing. Like this is a thing right. that could potentially break yeah. you up if we're if it's not happening. Um, and maybe they don't know that enough yet. Like maybe that hasn't been made clear, but it's just ugh, it sucks. And I'm I'm sorry. Yes. The prospect of going back on dating apps, 100 percent understand. Oh, my God. Totally. And we'll also say that people do it all the time. Right. You right. are 30 is not too old to find love. Right. Remember, it is hard to remember and it's hard to know, but there is abundance inside and outside of you. Um, and if you break up with this person and you never find another partner, you can still have children. You can still right. do the things that you want to do in your life. There is still abundance possible there. Um, and and so have faith in the universe. Have faith in yourself as well. Um, trust yourself to know what is true and right for you. And recognize the fact that your partner in this moment wants to be in partnership with you um, and see if you can find a way to challenge those incompatibilities in partnership with her. And recognize that if that's impossible, it's okay to break up over this. Yeah, it is. All right, my darling, we love you so much. Thank you so much for writing. All right, everyone, this brings us to the blind date segment of our show. This is when we try and set you up with something that we really like. This week, we want to send you home with. Okay, so this is a two-parter to my last um, blind date. It was last, so two weeks ago, I suggested the um, Man Enough podcast by Justin Baldoni, mm -hmm. specifically the episode featuring Alok Vedmanen, uh, a non-binary writer, performance artist, activist, who, and the episode totally changed my life. I've been obsessed with it. And um, to support Alok's work, I bought their book. And so I'm going to suggest their book today. So if you haven't listened to the podcast yet, 
listen to that. It's called like the something need for compassion episode mm-hmm. featuring a look on the, the man enough podcast. But the follow up to that is this fantastic, phenomenal book that a wrote called beyond the gender binary. It's a tiny little like pocket book. It maybe took me 45 minutes to read. And I really, um, I, I want to suggest it for anyone out there who wants to, um, like better secure their understanding of gender binary and, um, uh, you know, gender binary violence and transphobia that's going on in our country to better understand, um, uh, and to access your compassion. Um, I want to suggest it for parents, you know, I want to suggest it for, Mm -hmm. uh, young people who, uh, want, who, want that shared language to be able to express their experience, you know, whatever. Long story short, the book's like, I don't know, $12 or $7 or something like that. I don't remember. It's called Beyond the Gender Binary by Alok Menon, And um, I thought it was phenomenal. Amazing. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JustRakeUpPod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to hit that follow button so that you can get a <laughs> our episodes every Monday exclusively on Spotify. And consider supporting us on Patreon. As Sierra said at the beginning of the show, if you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode that's patreon.com slash pod. This literally keeps the mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music, editing, producing, management, friendship, buddiness, all good things by <laughs> our friend Spencer Worth Davis. And remember, you can stand up for yourself by saying how you truly feel with kindness. You are worthy of being heard, listened to, and respected, and you are capable of installing and upholding your own boundaries. Remember, you are growing stronger and wiser every day. Lean into this new self. And if all else fails, just break up. Just break up.